Pure, authentic conversation. That's soulfully casual. So grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair. Here is your host, Maddie Ice. Hello, welcome to the Soulfully Casual Podcast. I am your host, Maddie Ice, and welcome to the show if you've never tuned in. And if you're somebody who's been listening since the very beginning, thank you very much for returning back. It's Christmas week, folks. Somehow, 2021 is almost over. Do you remember last year when I was doing some of my first episodes, and even at the beginning of this year, I talked about how eager we were to get out of 2020, and it seems like that is the the concept of this pandemic, is to move forward get away from the old times, get back to the new normal, or get to the new normal, whatever the hell the new normal is. And I'm not even sure if I want to get into that here because everything being created equal, this is supposed to be a week that we have fun. It's supposed to be a week that we celebrate family, that we celebrate the month of giving that I talked about at the beginning. But I should say something up front. Some of you know this if you listen and you're somebody who I'm friends with in my personal life. But this Christmas has been thrown a little bit askew because my entire family and I tested positive for COVID last week. It was last Tuesday, actually. So it's been about a week at the time I'm recording this episode. Full disclosure, it's a Tuesday. It's been about a week. And all of a sudden now, the Christmas is a lot different. We have not been able to leave the house since then. The last time I left the house was to go get a COVID test. And it's amazing just what's changed since then. This is a time of year, as the Ray Charles song would say, Christmas is the time of year to be with the ones that we love. And while I'm with my son and I'm with my wife, we can't be with anybody else right now. And our quarantine time or our suggested quarantine time will be up, I believe, on Christmas Eve. So it's not as if we're going to be alone alone on Christmas. It's just been a really, really strange period of isolation because we're so used to going out, getting all the last minute things that we need, especially from a culinary perspective and doing a lot of the things like going out and seeing lights, things of this nature. We're not able to do that. Even with all of that, I am choosing to be positive and I'm choosing to move forward in a positive direction. So last week, the episode that I put out had some hot takes about Christmas movies and Christmas music. I was very, very fortunate to hear back from some of you. We have some longtime listeners of the show and it's been awesome to continue to grow with you as listeners and hear about the things that you like. And a big shout out to you if you've been listening from the beginning. Um, And if you want to follow the show, if you're new check out the information on this episode. I usually post where all the social media things are. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you'd like. I'd love to hear what you like to do this time of year. What are some of your favorite Christmas movies and Christmas songs? But this week, much like I did for Thanksgiving, I want to go into a more personal look. And it's not just subjective takes on what I like and don't like. I'm giving you an insider peek to what Maddie Ice's Christmas is like. My childhood was interesting, to say the least. I was an only child. I mean, even though I have a sister, I didn't grow up having another sibling in the house. So I was used to having free reign of my parents. But my parents really didn't have the best marriage. I probably mentioned that a couple of times. You know, my dad had some demons that he's worked with and still is probably working with. My mom, my now recently deceased mom, had some demons that she was working with as well. And so their personalities really didn't mesh. But the one time a year where their personalities did mesh was the holidays and most specifically Christmas. To go into a a little bit, a little bit of the personal touch, my mom really thrived this time of year. I think it's where I got my love of the holiday season from because she was somebody who kind of embodied the holiday season. She loved everything about it. She really was the leader in, in the clubhouse as it related to getting into the Christmas spirit, decorating, 
making sure that we did all of the fun Christmas activities. It's not like my dad was the Grinch per se, but my dad's childhood was very difficult in the fact that I know he grew up as an only child. When he was very, very young, my my great-grandparents lived with him. I know my grandmother had demons that I think she passed down to my father, so it wasn't always the best. They were a divorced household. My father was very young when my grandfather divorced my, my grandmother. He didn't reconnect with his dad until he was a teenager. He might have been like 18 years old. And so my dad really wasn't conditioned to love Christmas the way that my mom was. And talking with my mom over the years and listening to the stories that she told, while her childhood wasn't all peachy, my grandmother was very similar in the fact that they grew up in the projects and she still tried to make Christmas the best time of year. My grandmother felt that Christmas was the time of year to really shield your children from the things that are ailing you in life. And it's the time to just be as positive as possible. And especially when you have kids, to give them something to make them feel like times really aren't as bad as maybe they are the rest of the year. And how did my grandma do that? My grandma did that by celebrating Christmas to the fullest. And it was a lot of cooking. And my mother, you know, picked all of that up and she passed a lot of that stuff down, even to the point where I passed it down. And when I think about it, it's probably really where I continued to pick up the tradition. I mean, outside of the current circumstances that we're dealing with right now with COVID, this is the time of year where I generally find myself thriving. I do love the holiday season, and I'm always disappointed when Christmas is over. Actually, I'm always disappointed around 7 o'clock on Christmas because all the TV networks have moved on. They're not playing Christmas movies anymore. None of the commercials are happening, and it's amazing how fast society seems to move on. I did that episode at the beginning of November, basically saying that people want to skip Thanksgiving to get to Christmas. And it seems like we're always rushing to the next thing, which was an episode I did way, way back in January about how we're always rushing to the next thing and the new year becomes the old year. Here we are. Anyway, food. Food was a big part of the holidays for me. And it probably is for a lot of people. I don't think that that's necessarily that's something that's too, too crazy. One thing my mom was really good about when I was growing up was making sure that she kind of meshed the two family lineages together. My grandmother on my father's side had a lot of recipes that she used. My grandma on my mom's side had a lot of recipes that she used, and they came from kind of two different sets of heritages. Of course, my grandfather was Portuguese. My grandmother was English and Welsh. My mother's mother was French but she was also Irish, and that's where I got a lot of that heritage. My grandfather was David Sullivan, you know, kind of one of the biggest Irish names you can have. And so all of that culture was kind of passed down, and I have a lot of handwritten recipes or copies now of handwritten recipes that my mother had from my grandparents, and it's pretty awesome to have those types of things. And my mom tried to do all of that stuff. Last year, when we re- when, when we reconnected with my mom, I was able to get copies of the recipes that she had written down. And now I have a bunch of copies of recipes that are in my grandmother's handwriting, both of them, and of course my mother's handwriting, and all three of them are now deceased. And so this Christmas is the first time where I will be making, or we will be making some of these recipes, and none of the people that are involved are even on this earth anymore. It's sort of a sobering feeling. That first holiday without your loved one is really, really hard. I may have talked about that around Thanksgiving time, but it's really, really hard. Uh, The Irish heritage. My mother loved to bake, and my mother loved keeping Irish traditions alive. On Thanksgiving, she always served turnip, and I hated it, and I still won't eat it. But I just remember she'd be like, you're Irish, you got to eat your root vegetables. And I laugh now because it was Irish till the end all the time. And Irish soda bread is something that you see a lot in March. That's when St. Patrick's Day is, but not in the Matty Ice household. My mom actually made it every Christmas. 
And it's a bread or a confection, I guess, if you want to call it that, that is always synonymous with Christmas to me. And she always made it. My mom also made a cranberry orange bread that was just awesome. And she made it with nuts and without nuts. And that was kind of what we would have for breakfast, you know, kind of um, on certain days during the holiday season in December. Like she would make a whole bunch of them and we'd have them around. And I just I think about it. And I think that's why I always talk about how the holiday season always has like a warmth to it. There's always some feeling to it. And I think it's because my mom was always baking. I think the thought of all these breads in the oven just gives me that sense of warmth. And so that's something that I always thought about. Now, on Christmas, a lot of people still do turkey. And there's songs that talk about this, right? About having turkey and all that kind of stuff on Christmas. We were never that family. I don't think we ever, ever had turkey on on Christmas. Now, my mom was really big on making a roast. And she used to call it the roast beast, which I think is what they call it in The Grinch. And thinking about it now, that was always kind of her thing. She always pulled from movies. She always pulled from these things. And that's obviously where I got it from. But she used to make a beef roast. And she used to make this mushroom gravy, this like red wine mushroom gravy. And that was when we had garlic mashed potatoes. We never actually had them any other time of year, ironically enough. But that was kind of her staple. And we'd have some kind of a vegetable with it. And she always made it. And I haven't had that in so, so long. And I know that some of my family this year, they're going to be getting together and they're going to be trying to recreate that meal. Because even in the time of our estrangement, my mom would still make that for people. And that was her staple. And that was just something that we always had. So we never had turkey or stuffing. My mom would make those things at Thanksgiving, but they never ever were duplicated at Christmas time. They were always saved for that one time of year. And so it made them very, very special. Uh, Christmas day was also the day that my mom would make breakfast. We weren't really like a big breakfast family, mainly because I don't think we had time. I mean, my mom worked, my dad worked, and of course I was off to school. And when I was in high school, my mom had a boyfriend living with us that didn't really care about that kind of stuff, to be quite frank. Not in a bad way, it just wasn't his thing. And so Christmas Day, we ended up making breakfast. And that was the one day a year that I got to have bacon. You might be thinking I'm crazy, but as an adult now, I have bacon whenever the hell I want. But when I was a kid, I didn't really get to have it. It used to be thought of way back then, I mean, in the 90s and early 2000s, that it was like death food. And it was so full of fat and so full of salt that you couldn't eat it. And nowadays, they've made it with less sodium. And it's almost just as you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Eating turkey bacon, it's like, well, what the hell is turkey bacon? So that was always what we would have. When I was a little bit older, I was probably like 12 or 13, this bagel shop opened up in downtown Bristol. And it's still there, I think. Uh, we went there recently over the summertime. I did an episode about that. And that I believe that bagel store was still there. And my mom had discovered this place one year. I can't remember how they discovered it, but they made these like cinnamon sugar bagels, which now, of course, you know, you can get them anywhere. Panera makes the the French toast ones and all that stuff. But they had this like maple walnut cream cheese. My mom and dad were like completely obsessed with this stuff. And so some Christmases or Christmas Eves, they'd actually go down there and get a baker's dozen. That was back when they actually did that. And a baker's dozen and get this cream cheese. And that's what we would have. And I just remember those things. But other things about Christmas that I remember were the aesthetic of Christmas. I talked about how my mom was like the main person in charge of these things. And she loved to decorate. And like the littlest things were were decorated. I can think about it now where it's like containers that she had out for certain things would be Christmas themed, Christmas placemats, Christmas towels. She made my dad put up lights. Now my dad used to like to do this and this is something that I do now where I put lights up on the house and actually get up on the roof which is a little bit treacherous for me but hey this is what you do for the season. And my dad would put up lights and every single year it wasn't until I was an adult and it really became kind of an ease thing that I got a artificial tree. My parents always got a real tree. Like it was a non-negotiable. I don't actually think one year that they ever 
thought to themselves, let's get a fake tree. I remember when my mom's boyfriend moved in, he wanted to get one. And she was like, no, I'm not compromising that just because you don't want to do the damn work. And so he, she would make him put the tree in. And I always grew up with that, that smell, that aesthetic. And I don't know, there was something about it that was special. Going out to pick the tree, and then we would decorate it. Nowadays, when we have the artificial tree, there's nothing wrong with it. It's pre-put on with lights, but it doesn't have that same feel. Like, you pull it out of the basement, and now that my son is here and he's getting older, I can't wait to maybe recreate some of those real trees because it, it was a different feeling. Sure, it's a lot of work, but nowadays we're working from home a lot more than we used to. It's a little bit easier to have something like that and to take care of it. My mom always insisted on it. My mom had a tradition every year. And my, my dad, like I said, he kept up with it, but then stopped once they got divorced. But my mom had a bulb made or an ornament made nowadays. They don't really have bulbs anymore. But she had an ornament for every single year. Uh, and it started in 1980, which was, I, I think, their first Christmas together. And we used to get one every single year. And it depended on what we were doing or maybe it had some type of a theme to it. Of course, the year I was born or the Christmas I was, you know, first, my first Christmas, she had an ornament for that. When we moved into our new house in 1993, that Christmas, we had one and there was actually a house on it that was kind of like a little bit similar to the house that we lived in. The year that my mom opened her business, my dad and I made her a bulb to basically commemorate her business, which she had or she had some semblance of that business until she died or until, you know, right before she died anyway. Um, the, things like that. But my mom used to like the gaudy stuff, which is funny because my mom really wasn't like a gaudy person in real life, if you think about it. She didn't really wear flashy clothing. She didn't have flashy anything. But when it came to Christmas, and I wonder if it's a generational thing, because she used to love, like we had icicle lights that blinked. We had these like flower lights that blinked. And we had some that stayed on, but for the most part that they blinked. My mom liked ornaments. Of course, she liked the handmade ornaments. She liked the more personal touchy ones. We had two boxes. We had a box of ornaments that meant something and they had sentimental value. And then of course, we had the ornaments that were sort of filler ornaments, kind of like how with the Oscars and these like big time award ceremonies, how they have people that come in and like seat fill so it doesn't look like people are out of their seats. It's kind of like that. We had those and they were in this random, I think, VCR box and that thing was falling apart and I swear half of them were broken but it didn't matter because we only needed a handful of them but over the years we would accumulate and they would mean something and when we decorated the tree it was like reliving our history together it was reliving our family history and sometimes in a way it was reliving a history of the world the world that we saw it at least in, in our household and I became very much like attached to that to the point that my wife and I do that now and what is 2021's ornament going to be? I have no clue because it's such a strange year still. But last year it was about our son and it was about the pandemic and we have a lot of them. But that's something that my mom always loved. My mom also liked putting a star on the tree. And that's something that's kind of a debate in some households. Angels are, I think, the most popular. Uh, we were always a star family. We had this star that actually lit up. And my wife really wasn't into that. I'm not really into angels. So we compromised. We have a gnome. And it works for us. And that's kind of the fun part about Christmas when you start to get together with somebody and you try to figure out how to do the holidays together. It's a, everybody has a different feel to it. But for me, there was always warmth. We never did anything on Christmas Eve that related to opening presents. The one thing that we did that was a family tradition, because my family that lived in Connecticut and I had family that lived in Massachusetts, we would have the Sunday before Christmas would be like the family Christmas party. So obviously it rotates every single year. So this year it would have been, what, the, the 19th? And it's obviously like a week before Christmas about. And so that was the time when we would open presents with the family members there. That was the only time we ever opened anything early. 
I always looked forward to that. As the years went on and as I got older and in college and the family started to become a little bit more fractured, it became less and less fun. The last year we did it, I think, was 2005, at least the last one that I was a part of. And I just remember it being a disaster. I remember my mom preparing so much because it was the first one where her boyfriend wasn't in the house and I was home and I was helping and we were just doing everything. And I just remember feeling like nobody was grateful for it. And so we stopped doing it then. And I wish we hadn't. I wish things weren't that way. There's a lot of things that you look back on in life and you wish they were different. I don't believe in regret because I don't believe that there's really any value in regretting that you did or didn't do something because one decision that you make can change the entire trajectory of your life. But at the family Christmas party, there was a lot of joy. There was seeing people that you saw not as often as you'd like. My mom always had Christmas music. She was a huge Christmas music person. And back in the day, we had the five disc changer and she would have five discs in there. They'd be like compilation CDs. But my love of the music came from her. She loved all the different things. The Nutcracker, she loved Sinatra. And my dad actually liked some of the jazzy stuff. And he liked some of the more new agey rock stuff. Not new age, but like rock stuff that, again... It went up to a certain time period, like they didn't really go very far into the future, so to speak, or into the present back then, but always music. And the last thing my mom always loved on the Christmas tree too was tinsel. Does anybody actually know what I'm talking about there? It's like that that silver stuff that comes in strands and cats eat and dogs eat. It gets everywhere. It's super annoying. It's super gaudy. But my mom insisted that it be, be on the tree. And the funny part is she had like a way of doing it. And I remember as a kid, she'd always be like, don't clump the tinsel because there was a way to do it. And so my mom would have this like wispy sort of hand motion to do it. And she would just lay it on there and it would be laid perfectly. And we never had white lights, always colored lights. This is where I got my love of colored things. And I think my love of things that are on the more gaudy side for Christmas, because when I think about Christmas, it's like Christmas throws up on you. And how do you do that with elegant? How do you do that with classy? You don't. You can do elegant and classy all year round. And so this is where I got it from. But then at the end, we turned the lights off in the entire house or the entire first floor and the tree would be on. The lights would be colored, they'd be blinking, and the lights would be reflecting off of the tinsel. And this is where I got my feeling of what a Christmas tree should be like. It should be something that's like the beacon of your house. And so my wife and I have taken all these things that I remember and we have meshed them together, sort of like the way that my mom did it. Now, my, my wife's family history on Christmas is a lot different. They were a military family, so they weren't around people a lot of time. It was just them. It was their nuclear family, and it's a lot different when you're doing that. And so they had traditions that mean things to them. But my my step, I mean, my mother-in-law didn't get recipes from other people. She wasn't that kind of a baker. She wasn't that, that kind of a cook. And But the things that she did, the things that they remember are their own. And that's the best part about all of this is everybody has something that means something different to them. In my household... It was always the time of good cheer. My parents and my mom, I think, was driven by this. She wanted to do what my mo- my grandmother did for her and give her more than what she had. And perhaps, in some ways, she gave me too much. But in the end, I don't think she really cared. I think she wanted me to have the memories that I have today of good cheer, of family, of love. And it's something that we're sorely missing so often throughout our year. The year can get very busy. Our lives can get very overwhelming, and rightfully so. I'm not saying that it's unjust or that if you're overwhelmed by life that it's not something that's real. It's real to you, but very, very infrequently do we sit back 
and truly stay present in a moment and capture the happiness and the joy of a moment right in front of us. And my mom taught me how to do that on Christmas. And I, I don't think that it's something that I thought of until she's gone. It's strange to think about the fact that somebody that you love and you associate so many good things at this time of year to is no longer here. And yet, it took me this long. It took me 38 years to really put it all together, to really put together the meaning of Christmas and how it's developed over the years from what my mom was passed, what she passed me, and what I have now passed to my family and what I've created in my own little family and little circle and the years to come of what my son is going to enjoy, of what my son is going to remember. It's just as important to me that he has these fond memories too, not because I want him to remember me as this awesome dad, but because when he has his own children and he's telling his new girlfriend about what it's like at Christmas in our household and he's so happy to bring her over Because we have such a great time at Christmas, because we have a lot of laughs, a lot of memories, and a lot of camaraderie and family. And my mom taught me all of that. She taught it through food. She taught it through gifts. She taught it through celebrating, through having that good cheer, that spirit at Christmas time, and putting aside all the things that was ailing her throughout the year, all the marital disputes that they had, all the bills that they had to pay, all the problems that took place over the course of the year, cars breaking down, you name it. And they put all that aside so that Christmas could be the one time of year that was perfect. And it's amazing that I'm just realizing that now. And I'm thankful for it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. You will be listening to this whenever you listen to your podcast and you can find us wherever you find your podcast. You can find us on mattysmedia.com if you want to. However you find us, it's a gift to me this time of year. And the best gift that you can give me, not a listen, it's not a rate or review, although those things are nice, but it's giving something back and maybe recognizing what you have gone through in your life and something that has shaped who you are today around this time of year. Let me know what that is. And if you don't let me know what it is, take action on it. Be thankful for it. Call people. Hold people. Let them know what you're thinking. Let them know that you love them. It's this time of year where sometimes we can take for granted that we'll see you next Christmas. You might not. So take the time to hug somebody, to let them know that you love them, and let them know how they have shaped your life for the better. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Stay safe out there, and I will speak to you next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Soulfully Casual podcast are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual podcast is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.